Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, and rugby or no rugby, we are back once again in our, well, in our respective TMO shipping containers in various parts of South Manchester and Cheshire, and that is JB. Hello, Timothy. Hello, JB, and Phil. Hello, Tim. Uh, hello, Phil. You, you, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a video um, on a video conferencing Bit of software and JB is reclined again, like he's on a chaise long. Yeah, <laughs> draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> and Phil, you're just um, you're teasing us. Just you just put pulled the zip down just a little bit Ooh. on your top. Very Ooh. very provocative. <laughs> it's because I'm wearing a uh, I'm actually wearing a Harlequin's vest under my hoodie. So just a little bit of skin on show. How is in fact, how is the Harlequin's um, conditioning coach? AKA one of the world's strongest men. I wonder what he's doing in lockdown. Lifting heavy Lift. stuff. Although if he's not, I don't know, Phil, you, you tell me, would he have to be drastically reducing his calories? Uh, if he's not, I imagine he would be. <laughs> he's not near a gym because those boys eat a lot of calories, but they burn a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be adjusting depending on uh, training. I imagine. Mm. I tell you what, I did, I did see um, Tom Wood, um, his Instagram is very good. A lot of um, wood products, a lot of joinery yep. work. He's very, very skilled at. But um, some other barbecuing and fitness stuff. And he was pushing his um, Toyota Hilux around. Was he really? Well, yeah, a, a pickup. He was pushing that up and down the street to, to keep fit. And that's, if you've not got access to proper gym facilities, that's not a bad thing to do. No, it's wow. not, well, that's not a bad thing thing to do I, <laughs> was, that, was, I think, that a, was that a product placement thing was that part of a sponsorship deal do you think no just no. purely functional doing doing a workout I, I'm yes convinced if yeah. you're Toyota, the perfect product placement is someone pushing your vehicle if well if it's rugged and tough <laughs> yeah exactly it's a good point. Uh, you would, you would, you would, you would want it in the contract that they must stress that this is perfectly, it's, <laughs> yeah. this is roadworthy and does work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I did a small workout today. I got my tiny sixteen kilogram kettlebell, which I had to carry for two and a half miles from my friend's house. He left it out outside. It was essential travel, uh, so I had to carry it home. That was far harder than the actual workout. Did a workout, solid. Well, I thought I was, I was going hard for 28 minutes. According to my Garmin watch, 160 calories burned. I thought, what is the point? <laughs> Might as well just have another, another beer and blow it all away. Exactly right, exactly right. So there's a lesson <laughs> there, don't try. <laughs> uh, I, I'd take that with a pinch of salt. That, the calories, as in. I think it might be more than that. If, you, if you're working hard for 28 minutes... You'd be burning. Yeah, it was eighty seconds on, twenty seconds off. Eighty seconds on, twenty seconds. Eighty. Doing what? Uh, Burpees, skipping. uh, Also having their sit-ups, kettlebell swings, kettlebell clean and press. Eighty seconds on. Yeah, it's one minute twenty. Bloody hell! Fair play. Yeah, fair play. It was not impressive, mate. It was not that impressive. I even got my whiteboard out just to convince myself I was in a CrossFit gym. (laughs) <laughs> Did you write a motivational slogan on it? Uh, no, just my numbers. Just my numbers, but I, but I should have, to be fair. 
Right. Well, we can get we can we can talk about various things we've been up to throughout this podcast. Well, um, we've got a bunch of questions and thoughts that people have submitted as well and got in touch. We're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, but before we get in, Phil, you're um, you mentioned in Peep Show last week. I've just been hammering Peep Show since uh, our last podcast. It is, it's 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 top five. It's my, one of my top five favorite shows. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's incredible. It's absolutely brilliant. The writing and the acting is just unreal. I love it so, so much. How, how far have you got through? I'm, I'm on season five since, <laughs> since, since last week. There's only six episodes and they're 25 minutes. So while I'm, while I'm just sort of like um, riding on the, on the turbo trader, just bash through, bash through the episodes of Peep Show. Uh, love it. Absolutely. Right. So, so you're on the turbo trainer as well then? Yeah. Yeah, doing good, a bunch of that. Good work. Just got myself set up on that Zwift thing. Oh, yeah. We, uh, you can you race can, other people. And you can race anywhere in the world. Yeah. Like it, it, it mimics different maps, doesn't it? Yeah, it's cool. Hey, have you heard about these psychopaths that want to get Strava banned? What? Yeah, it's in the uh, paper today. that uh, they, want to get, they want to get Strava banned. Because people are now going out for longer runs than they used to go, and also go out for longer cycles because it's a one time out. So, in order to stop them, they want to get Strava banned and they want to get Strava to cancel their challenges on the basis that if you fall over far away from your house or off your bike, you're going to need the NHS. What? What more? And besides, if you fall off your bike, right, and you need to go to hospital, it doesn't really matter how close to your house you are, does it? No. And. If you don't do if you don't do any exercise, you're not going you're to end up in just because it's too far to walk home. <laughs> there is some overreach going on at the minute, isn't there? Oh, like you would believe some people. Some people will come out of this very, very well. Uh, by the way, I will not be one of those, and I'll explain that later. Um, and others, like the police forces up and down the nation, and the bloody people money off Strava, are going to come out of this very, very poorly indeed. Yeah, Strava is one of the good things, although you, you do have to be careful if you go for you can't strava everything no no you can't <laughs> just in case someone's watching <laughs> <laughs> strava with the boys right johnny may let's talk johnny may yes he's gone back home to gloucester or he's going he's going to be going back home to gloucester isn't it a mess i mean let's just start off with the last point of view i mean what were they thinking what were they thinking because they've got they got rid of their club captain who is now Gloucester's club captain. So it wasn't a fluke. It, just, it wasn't the fact that Ed Slater was at Tigers at the right place, right situation, happens to have a leadership role. He's a genuine, bona fide leader. And they're so rare in rugby that he's going to be super valuable wherever he goes. So Gloucester get a captain. A captain, they get money. And now after Johnny May has got 20 tries for England, as, Char- as Charlie Morgan, friend, uh, friend of the show, put, put, put it out, He's not gone back to Gloucester as one of the world's best wingers. This is an absolute monumental disaster for Tigers. It tells you everything you need to know about that organisation, how it's organised, and their transfer policies, which are garbage. So they have brought in... So Leicester, to replace him, have brought in Nadolo, mm. um, who's three or four years older than Johnny May. He's not, actually. He, oh, he might, yeah, older. He's only 32, actually. He's younger than I thought. Yeah, but well, Johnny May's twenty nine, so there, there you go, yeah. three, three years older than Johnny May. Um, so that's a downside. On a plus side, Johnny May, presumably when the season gets back on track or next season, will miss uh, uh, half a dozen to a dozen games when he's playing for England. Whereas mm-hmm. Nadolo, he retired from international rugby a, a couple of years ago. He will not miss anything. Yeah. Now the problem uh, is, sorry, go on, Tim. No, I was just going to say, I, th- I. I, I can. I don't think it's a disaster for Tigers. This move, it was a disaster signing him in the first place. Yeah, not, not because Johnny, whole... not because Johnny May is anything other than an outstanding player, but just that it wasn't an area of need. It wasn't a priority, and they spent a load of money on a guy who they only saw half of the year. And if you're going to, and I think what we, what, what we, what we've talked about many times on the podcast is. Are England players really worth it? And that's something that concerns me: is that almost having an international player, it's, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily add up in the formula when you're working out how to assemble a Premiership squad. And 
especially when you consider you have to pay them international player money. So yeah. Johnny May will be well, on very good money, but just you're only getting thought. half the time. Just hold hold that thought a second, okay? So before we go on to the money, let's just think about the Ndolo transfer. It's good signing in of itself, but I wouldn't mistake that as a replacement for Johnny May. I think they're very separate things. I also think Ndolo will end up playing 12 for Leicester rather than anything else. So that's, that's a problem. that They've not got one winger in and one winger out. The other thing is, Johnny May has been the top try scorer at Tigers, I think, every year he's been there, even when he's away with England. So if is going to play on the wing as a light-flight replacement, he's going to score you know, a lot of tries, an awful lot of tries. So I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced on um, him being a one-for-one replacement. Yeah, I'd, I'd, they're, they're probably not one-for-one replacements. You've got one out and one in, but they, they will be used in very different uh, ways, definitely. But it does, I mean, for the last few years, England's back three, England's back three, um, Leicester's back three, when you've got Johnny May and Toulouse Viano available, they are world-class players. Problem yeah. is, they've not been available. Toulouse Viano yeah. is, is perpetually injured, and Johnny May has been uh, in and out with England. So they've not, yeah. been, they've not got the players that they have in their squad on the pitch as much as they need to. And if you have that international cash... Well, yeah, it's, all, it's lovely to have wingers, but um, you've got to get them the ball, <laughs> unless they aren't doing the business elsewhere on the field to get them the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a good point, actually, because th- this Leicester team is not going to correct the mistakes from last season when they finished 11, just, or this season when they um, would be lined up for relegation if it were not for the Saracens' position. Johnny May, in or out, is not going to correct that. So Gloucester, no, Gloucester, Gloucester getting rid of him just after a World Cup and then getting him back just after a World Cup. It's, uh, and, and also, they get, I would imagine they're not going to pay him massive money that Johnny May might have got when he went to Leicester. That would be yeah. my guess. And so, as I understand it, it is a substantial pay cut. So, just really? linking it back to, yeah, so linking it back to what we were saying earlier on about are England players worth it or wingers worth it? Well, I think this is another part of the story which has been neglected that Tigers overpaid for him. Well... If they ever paid for him, I, I, maybe they did, but he was their top, their top try scorer. So I do have some sympathy with the amount of money that he received there. Fact is, he wasn't that valuable to anyone else, including Gloucester. So yeah, it's a, a substantial pay cut. Because like Easy Boys have just said, wingers and England wingers aren't that valuable. However, spending a bit of money, less though than Leicester would have paid, is, is good for Gloucester. But also then you've got a great guy who is one of the best wingers on the planet and <laughs> yeah. to, to to help Ollie Thorley and Lewis Rees-Zamet come through. Quite nice. So, yeah. Right. So I read a tweet saying basically the same thing like, oh, what would be great for uh, Louis Rees-Zamet and, uh, and Ollie Thorley to learn under, under, under the guise of Johnny May. It just made me laugh because <laughs> I thought, does Johnny May strike you as, as, as the teaching, teaching type? <laughs> I mean, like, he has. He's very good. He's one of the best wingers on the planet. Do you think? Do you think he consciously tries to be really fast? Yeah, and like if you look at his try against France in the Six Nations, where he like beats half the team, chips over the top, get, regathers the ball, slides under the like. How do you teach that? Yeah, there's, there's no way. There's no way at any point he knows what he's doing next. It just happens. He's the most instinctive player, maybe in all of rugby. Yeah, he's you're not right. Anyone, is he? <laughs> Just do the first thing that comes into your head, boys. That's my advice. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so like um, putting Dan Cold, get him training with Cheslin Colby and say, <laughs> Dan, learn from Cheslin Colby. You're going to be a, a magnificent back three player. Oh, I'm, really hoping, I'm really hoping that Johnny May in red and white, in cherry and white, sorry, is, is, he's going to suddenly go on his 400 metre backwards sideways runs. Yeah, I really hope that happens. <laughs> um, it is a, I mean... If you can get those three on the pitch at the same time, there is some serious gas. Who goes to fullback? Johnny May, I think, has played there a couple of times for Leicester. Leicester yeah, but Leicester but not, not that. Yeah, Tom Marshall not... staying though, so that went up. Is he? Yeah. I thought he was leaving. He was going to, but he's now staying. Mm. Is he really? That's a gr- that, that's a great bit of retention. And they've got um, the guy Woodward. with floppy hair, Woodward, Woodward, who I think is brilliant. Woodward. Yeah. 
So they've got options in their back three there, Gloucester. But again, they've not this season. They've not made the most of it. They've got to utilize um, the the talent that they've got out there. What do you think of the uh, publicity side or the PR side? I should say of signing a player when your players are furloughed. Uh, do you think that, Do you think it should be done? I I don't have an issue with it. You, life goes on. You've still got you've got contracts ending. Because that's one of the interesting things about this, that um, they're signing him from the 1st of July, aren't they? Gloucester are signed, so his new contract starts with Gloucester on the 1st of July, whether yeah. the, this season is concluded or not. So the contracts are time-bound, not season-bound. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course, yes. Which is something on the very first week that rugby got stopped, we, we debated that, and, and that was our assessment as well, that they would be time-bound rather than... Uh, playing season bound. Yeah. Which actually links on then. So Premier Rugby have, Premiership Rugby this week have made a, an additional statement than the one they made a few weeks ago when they said it's postponed for the time being. And I remember back then when they made that first statement, they were, they, they got, they got a bit of flack for sounding too eager to get back out there and play. So they, they must've said about half a dozen times in the statement that they put out in the week when it's safe to do so. We'll look to resume when it's safe to do so. Um, but that, that's probably all this really said. Yeah. This, this statement, it said they're further postponing. Um, they're not cancelling this season yet, so they're not concluding it, compared to the championship and below in England where all of the league, other leagues have been concluded. Um, but will return when it's safe to do so, which... Well, is totally non-specific, but it's about all they can say right now. Well, the NRL are kicking off in about three weeks' time. Yeah, I did see something on that. Yeah, how would how are they going to control it then? Just kick off. Just go for it. <laughs> well, are, are they having fans there? No idea. No, I don't. I think it's going to be behind closed doors, which is what I believe football are potentially looking at doing in a few weeks. I don't know, or there's rumours. To that effect, uh, well, bless bless Dana White's heart. He has gone out and bought himself basically an Indian, a Native American reservation for the Ferguson fight, and that's going to. I must. I would be surprised if that's one of the all-time great or most watched sporting bouts because there's nothing else on. So that's UFC. They, UFC, yeah. They're going to take. They were they were close to. Um, Agreeing terms allegedly on a private island, <laughs> but in the end they went for a Native American reservation. Wow, you're right though. People, people are so um, starved of any live sport that everyone will be watching that. The whole well, world will be watching that. Bearing in mind you've already touched on the contract issue, Phil. The other thing would be if they tried to resume the Premiership and it went beyond September for argument's sake, and the championship season started, where would Newcastle... What, like, what would Saracens <laughs> do? <laughs> uh, Mend this point. Yeah, good question. Good question. <laughs> well, if, well, this, if the Premiership reforms something else, say if this all goes seriously wrong, um, well, then they've got an issue that... Um, Saracens might be asked to reform into the, into the new league, which apparently, which is a rumor going around. Which is, uh, you know, all the clubs have already been approached. Not approached. That's not the right word. But some people have floated the idea of reforming the league if some of the teams don't survive, and that would presumably include Saracens. Yeah, I I would guess so at, at this stage. Well, what you again, what you need is very wealthy owners willing to foot the bill. Guess what Saracens have? Yeah. I guess going back to the, the the contractual point, I'm sure could be worked around the season when the season starts and ends point is 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 a little bit trickier. How much longer before they just they knock it on the head? There's clearly uh, the thing going on with the Premiership that isn't going on with the Championship and below and below is the amount of money and the and, and the, the amount of money tied up in stakeholders, broadcasters, sponsors, gate receipts. Yes. All yeah. the rest of it. It's it's all magnified at premiership level. It's it's many times the the revenues 
around each game or many times more than any other um, English rugby. It just makes it makes me think, right, that rugby needs to learn a lesson. And we've been, I've been talking about it fairly conservatively in the past, but I think it's about time to ramp this up a bit, which is there is too much rugby available and being played far too much. So when everything's up and running, as things stand, there is one sport that I can think of, unless you can think of others, that has not been affected yet. I mean, it has been affected, but certainly not in terms of the way they play it. Can anyone guess what sport that, uh, that I'm referring to is? You're probably going to go for NFL. Exactly. The NFL season could probably be played three times in one year, which means it's flexible, which means that unlike the Premiership or football or any other of these sports where you're playing stupid amounts of time, they're not that they're, they're not as fragile, so I would like to see rugby really re- rein itself in. And this is the time to do so. We, um, we've seen um, the RFU Bill Sweeney um, talking about um, a blank slate for what rugby could look like in the future. There's World Rugby talking about big potential changes to the season again and and the future structure of leagues, both on a um, international front, but also at a domestic and a club front. Um, yeah. Well, let's, well, let's get onto that then. So, just summarise what World Rugby have come out and said, or like Bernard Laporte has had yeah. a hand in this, hasn't he? So, the, the, it came out much earlier this week, Monday or Tuesday, and it was um, the story that Bernard Laporte, with the backing of um, Bill Beaumont had been looking at a World Club Championship to basically do away with the Heineken Cup and have one global tournament with all the Super Rugby teams. Well, sorry, no, it's not all the Super Rugby teams. A selection of the Super Rugby teams. And then five from England, five from France, uh, two or three from Ireland, two from Wales, um, two from Scotland, two from Italy. So no, no. A big, a big global tournament um, at the club level. And it's a... It's a stupid idea. It's a nonsense. Okay, so there's lots of ways to look at this. First of all, uh, I think it's relatively unethical whilst every country is in lockdown to take this opportunity to launch your own idea as to how world rugby will look. Why don't you just wait until everything is back to normal or as normal as it can be, then see what the situation is and then propose your plan rather than some sort of power grab when everything is in, is in turmoil. That's the first thing. Second thing is, If you've learned anything from Super League and Super Rugby and almost every other tournament, constant changes in formats please nobody. Nobody cares, no one's invested, and the more you change the format and the more convoluted it it becomes. And actually, there's a certain degree of the bigger the tournament, the less that people care too. So Super Rugby spans half the globe. I mean, literally spans half the globe. And nobody cares. And the more they changed it, the less people cared. Uh, Six Nations works because it's the same every single year. A Premiership works because it's mostly the same. Pro 14 doesn't really work, ish. I mean, it's constantly expanding, contracting, new teams ke- coming, coming in and out. So this is just a stupid idea. It's a really stupid idea. The world's governing body should look at promoting the national teams of of smaller nations, but it needs to leave the club game so the experts in, in um, at club level in the respective nations. So what, so what World Rugby have done here, or what Bernard Laporte is suggesting, would be a top-down approach. And actually, no. no, 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 it would be a top-down approach in thinking, let's just assemble it at the, at the top how we'd like to see it in an ideal world. Whereas actually, I think rugby is a sport that isn't big enough to, to run top-down, and it is a bottom-up. It actually it is... Rugby only exists because of the community's that are already around rugby. There aren't, there aren't yeah. enough people outside of the rugby community, quote unquote, to, to care. Like you say, that, that, that well, they... it's not even that, is it? It's like, you know, think about, look, if we, if we got hold of football, the world's biggest sport by a country mile, took Manchester, Manchester United out and Man City out of the Premier League and put them in some, some weird league with bloody river plates and some Chinese city and whatnot, nobody would care. Because yeah. they don't. They care about beating Liverpool. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So those communities, so th- those rivalries, you, when you don't have... When Leinster... When you play Leinster, but there's no <laughs> travelling army of blue, yeah, it's, not, it's just not the same. When, you, when you're playing... Um, if you're playing 
I don't know, whatever it would be, uh, a Japanese team, name a Japanese club team, I don't know, whatever it would be. Yes, Suntory Sungoliaths. Suntory, you play play them versus going to uh, with with no away fans there, and it's just the team going there, and you're watching it on TV, or some people travelling to Claremont with all the history and everything there. It's um, I, I really don't like the idea. I, I I think now is actually not a bad time to to look at it and shake the snow globe up a little bit and consider ideas because we've actually got a bit of time to give some thought to things that you wouldn't normally give the time to, but I hope they look at it and then discard it pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah these and, super formats in, in my mind, I don't mean super in like the literal term as in super rugby, but these mega formats of any game just don't work. I, you know, who are you going to have? You're going to have Bath, Gloucester or Bristol. Why? And then what happens to the other two? Yeah. Oh, yeah. To to do that, if you're doing it that way, you are. We well, have a combined a combined team of three. I mean, what are you going to do? Look at look at the politics in South Wales when they oh, merged God. all the old clubs from the Welsh Premiership uh, became feeder clubs to the regions. And, and you might argue that's still not worked. Yeah, it's it's still a bit of a mess, isn't it? Yeah, and but, we're what 15 years down the line. Yeah, but this from a from an organisational point of view, it doesn't make sense. And Tim, I. I well, the, the points that both of you made on the the fan bases, like the Heineken Cup, one of the brilliant things about the Heineken Cup is the crowds that it draws. And Tim, you're exactly right. So look at like the blue or the red army coming from Leinster or Munster, traveling to Claremont or Toulon or Saracens or wherever it is. It's an unbelievable spectacle. The games yeah. that we've watched in the last two weeks, the, the um, Heineken Cup finals oh, yeah. of old, the fan turnout there and the the atmosphere there is incredible you can't replicate that if you send um say Leinster to go to play um hurricanes in wellington something like that there'll be no there'll be it'll just be an empty stadium or in abu dhabi what, what is the point yeah I, I don't see it myself i think it's nonsense i really do so no let let the people who know about the domestic rugby organize their domestic rugby yeah, I, I think it's. I, I do think your point, though, Tim, is right that now is a good time to try and discuss and have sensible conversations around this. Um, it shouldn't be about a power grab. It should be about a sensible approach to restructuring the game in a way that balances all of the different needs because there are some really important different needs. There's a the financial need because none of these clubs are particularly rich, but there's there's also the player welfare and and the 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 drive to get people engaged and interested and I, I i this is a way of trying to get people interested but i just think it's it's wide of the mark i think rugby's issues if it wants to look at reforming it isn't a structural one it's a and it's an accessibility one let's wait because right. uh, it's, it's not a structural one as in what clubs are in what leagues and when in the year do they play it's an accessibility one it's it's going for the like there's low hanging fruit to pick before trying to reach for the very top and trying to make changes on of of that scale because like in England for example in we live in Manchester only private schools play rugby in Manchester yeah there you go yep. have yep. a massive impact by getting it into schools secondly make change the laws so it's so much simpler because that just turns so many people off because they don't understand what the hell is going on not gonna lie i don't like the idea of the game of the game being simpler not one bit i'm not saying making it simple said simpler go on give give me give me an example um give you an example the the the, all the different multitude of different laws that there are at a ruck, you've got to be, there must be a way of simplifying that. So there's principles involved, not minutiae of all sorts of different laws. So I, I could get on board with that. Mm. Um, it, it, you've got to be careful not to turn it down a rugby league path because you could, you could very much simplify the game, but it would end up either like sevens or rugby league or rugby X. And that's none of us want that. Mm. No, we really don't want it. I can't tell you how much I do not want to watch rugby X <laughs> or rugby sevens in the AJL. But I, I think you're right. The, the accessibility point, and there, there are so many like 
people you just talk to at work who will only be aware of rugby when the the Six Nations or the World Cup's on, and even then won't really watch or understand it. And make, doing something to make it more accessible. Yeah, because but, they, I like they the tend intent, to... but it's how do you do it? Yeah, they tend to care about it because it's cultural. Like it's a cultural thing for everyone to go and watch England Wales. I, I don't care what anyone says. The, the, like the viewing numbers are, are, are big. You know, the World, the World Cup is a big event. Uh, they don't watch it because of the simplicity or or the com- complexity of the rules. Although I do think that does have an impact when you try to teach kids how to play. Yeah, and but if, that's if, two slightly different things. But if if you're ever in the the um, the crowd at a game, you'll often overhear people explaining the rules incorrectly to people around them. That's, exactly, like explain- what, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> like, that's because I'm always me, stood near you. Yeah. That's probably what you're, that's probably what you're hearing. <laughs> like, the amount of times I, I, I'm holding courts, allow me to explain this, and I'm completely wrong. Utterly wrong. Utterly wrong. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I like the intent. I just, I think there's a danger there. It'd have to be very intelligently thought through. But you, you're right, Tim. I think you could simplify the... The rookie is probably a good one to do, and it's apt because we spoke about the the work that they've done last week, which slightly disappointingly they've just reiterated the previous laws without any amendment or um, adjustment. Mm. So there are easy wins without having to rip up rip up the league structure as it is. Um, now, uh, Steve Parrott has got in touch on Twitter at Rugby Podcast, and he said, right. I, I, we did put a little call out there. Any questions, any, anything goes. And Steve said, right, all these worthy rugby-related questions, forget that. Let's get down to the serious question. Best snacks to couch watch a game with? Ooh, interesting. That is a very important question. I'd go premium crisps. Which ones? What ones that would, like, if you bite them slightly at the wrong angle, they could actually draw blood. <laughs> they can cut you. <laughs> Well, in fact, the, the co-op round the corner, the co-op round the corner from you does some excellent crisps. I've got to say, there. Uh, uh, sea, sea salt, sea salt, and Chardonnay crisps from co-op are unbelievable. Mm. They are genuinely, and they like crack. I mean, I've not done crack, but you know, I can sympathise with people that have now. <laughs> they, they are, in my opinion, they are the best crisps in the world. Those co-op, yeah. co-op, co-op sea salt and Chardonnay cider vinegar. I think they are. They I are unbelievably good. Crisple love- meth. Yeah, I'd love to know what they did to make them so good. They're so good, and they're so, so flavorful. Like, it's almost painful. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. How much flavour there is in there? They're amazing. Yes, it is painful, and you can't stop eating. And <laughs> your tongue is getting number and number because of the sharpness. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a good question actually because I know everyone says speed up the game, speed up the game. And my answer is no, slow it down, calm, calm it. We've got lots of time. Let's enjoy the game. And one of the reasons that I say let's enjoy the game more is because there's a certain food culture which comes along with the American sports because they are on for so long. And I wish it was more of that to do with rugby. The fact is, though, if you get up, well, it's a weird place. The breaks aren't long enough for you to be able to prepare food, but they're too long to be enjoyable. If that makes sense. Okay. Yes. So yeah, you, can, you can maybe prepare a brew if you leave the second a try is scored and you're not bothered about the replays or the conversion. Yeah, you could probably, probably do that. Where, 
Whereas with NFL or baseball or any, or even cricket, you've got loads of time to, to, to prepare snacks, food. And actually, cricket's too long. NFL is the perfect, three hours is perfect. Although I wouldn't fancy playing, playing rugby for three hours. Uh, by the way, you, you know you were saying UFC is one sporting event that might be huge. I'm so excited about the NFL draft. Yeah, it's oh, interesting, wait. isn't it? When even, it? Though, even though it's the it's, uh, end of this month, 23rd, that weekend of April. Awesome. Two, two weeks' time, I think. So it's, um, or it might even be, yeah, yeah, two weeks' time. So yeah, even though it's not actual sport, just something sport-related. <laughs> I'm so excited. Something to watch and talk about. Yeah. Uh, we got one, we got one here. Uh, Archie was interested in what we thought about Warren Gatland's suggestion. Uh, that about... So Warren Gatland has said he would like to play four warm-up matches before the 2021 Lions Tour uh, with games against Barbarians, Maori All Blacks and Japan, but most importantly, a game against New Zealand to decide the drawn series from 2017. At first, it sounds bonkers, but it's it would almost overshadow the, the, the tour that's then following it. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about player welfare, uh, <laughs> adding those tournaments to an already unbelievably congested um, fixture schedule just seems ridiculous. Um, and I, I'm, I'm quite happy with the... I think the draw is the right result from 2017. I don't want anything to, yeah, to, I don't, to alter that. And if they did play, you wouldn't get a fair reflection. I mean, it's obviously a joke because the more you think about it, you just won't get a fair reflection because they're not the same teams. A totally different Sam team. Sam not, not going to be captain for, for a start. Kieran Reid won't be captain. Yeah. So we're just looking at... Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Very, very funny, but no. Did you see the video of um, Gats dancing this week? I can't no. watch stuff like that. I can't watch, can't watch it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm aware of it. There's a, a little video. It pops up um, much earlier this week. Of just him. It looks like he's enjoying a barbecue um, in Auckland or somewhere in New Zealand uh, with a few drinks and having a little dance. Just, just relaxing. Why is he not on lockdown? Uh, I assume it's just at his house on, on full lockdown. I wouldn't suggest anything otherwise. Do you know what the, the population density is of New Zealand? <laughs> per, per square mile? Uh, across the whole thing, I don't know. Very, do you, very do you know, low. Do you know what our population de- density is? No, t- tell us that. So I looked this up the other day because someone was saying, oh, the, New Z- the, pre- the Prime Minister of New Zealand has done such a wonderful job. I was like, how's she? I mean, what's she dealing with? It's 42 people per square mile. And what are we? About. One thousand or something. <laughs> Manhattan is twenty-four thousand. <laughs> I guess it is easy to do a good job when you, you know, when you're when you're a manager at level, you know, a level seven nation. Um, you know, apples and pears. <laughs> uh, we've got one here from Sam Clark, who's tweeted to at Rugby Podcast. Said um, he said, "I'm not sure if this has been done before. It may have been, but I can't remember." Anyway, he said. If you had to select one player to clone twenty-two times oh, to yeah. make to make a, a match day squad of just one player, which one player do you go for? Uh, me in two thousand and nine, I was playing <laughs> level seven. So Sam himself suggested Sam Simmons, which I think is a really interesting shout because he's got that squat squat frame that could probably do a job in the front row, and certainly he's got the gas for the backs. Yeah, him or Ben Earl. Would probably not a bad shout either. That's a great shout. Give me Quade Cooper. (laughs) Ardy Surveyor was another shout. Ardy Surveyor. Ardy Surveyor is a good one, actually. Ardy Surveyor. That's a cracking one. Yeah, he could legitimately play uh, international in about 10 different positions. He could play most positions in the back, anywhere across the back row. He could play any position of Italy, could he? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I'd love to see this one. one. 10 EP, uh, 10 EP1 on Twitter said Darren Morris. Darren Morris is <laughs> a great shot, you know. Darren Morris used to have the wonderful hands. Just scrummage them into the ground. Oh, but he used to have good hands too, said. Super soft. Oh, sorry. Whoops. There we go. Fall, fall over. <laughs> Darren Morris, yeah, well done. Yeah, um, I did. I, I asked that question to Joe Marler. Um, when I was up the shard with Harlequins years ago, God, about 2014, and he said Rupeni Thalfau, which is not a bad shout in his pomp. Well, actually, maybe somewhere in between his like true young days when he was 21 and, and lean, 
and his yeah. in his French days when he was about eighteen stone. Yeah, it's catching that midpoint, isn't it? it yeah, we've still got the speed, but he can actually scrimmage. Whatever happened to all those clips we had of rugby players saying stuff like Joe Marler going, "When I'm not, uh, pret- when I'm not working as a Zangi from Street Fighter a do- <laughs> doppelganger, I, 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 I listen way. to the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast." Yeah, we had loads of them. Then we had Matt Gato doing it. I wonder if I've got. I've probably got them on, on my laptop. I had. We had Jack Berger going when I'm when I'm not. Uh, when I'm not hunting wildebeest in the Namibian yeah. desert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I might put one of those in. Yeah, if you can find one, that'd be awesome. Just drop it in at the end. Yeah, I remember who else we got, but you just reminded me you got a Joe Marlowe because you got that when you, when, you took, when you went up the Shard. Yeah, exactly. Had a chat with Joe Marlowe, Ugo. Uh, why, does that sound, why does that sound so rude? <laughs> it's so long ago. It was a long time ago. It was a good fun event, that. Hmm. Yes, indeed. I feel like we might run out of, run out of stuff to talk about, boys. Hmm. Well, hold on. Hold on. Um, oh, no, we've got some rugby players doing their bit in the COVID crisis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we do, don't we? Petrus Duplessis. Oh, yes. Is, yeah. uh, is working as a respiratory physiotherapist. Yeah. Hard work out. Which, which he... So... Um, when I played with him back at, at Sedgley, he was was working for the NHS at that point in time before he signed for Nottingham for a season and before he signed for Saracens for about eight or ten seasons. Um, so he, he's a genuine, gen, genuinely done this um, for a number of years in a pre- past life. Probably worth a shout out. I mean, I'm sure there's other people that have done it as well, but Northampton's physio has gone back to the NHS as well to help out. I, I did see that on Twitter as well. Um, um, and then Jamie, Jamie Roberts is also... How do, you, how do we approach this without, without sounding like idiots? <laughs> well, Jamie Roberts is going back to help out with the NHS. Um, oh, wait. So what, what's he doing? Like surgery or something? Well, well no, he's, think... he's a trained general practitioner, isn't he? Or is yeah, he a so surgeon? Gonna... Is it a surgeon? Or what? So, you know, anyway... So he's, he's going back to be a doctor, I assume. I'm about to be a doctor. A yeah, diagnosing. So... His the one of the um, media reports on this said that um, Porter is it a Porter because he can push a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the mechanical lifter to get heavy people on and off. Um, he lifts the mechanical lifters. <laughs> um, but it said that he he never actually worked in a clinical capacity, so he's got a medical degree but he never worked in a clinical capacity. So he's going back in a uh, motivational and communication role. So um, helping the NHS wherever he can. Motivational and... So... uh, (laughs) Right, so... um, uh, As you may know, me and Phil know some doctors. (laughs) One or two. Um, One or two. And there's a lot... uh, I I don't know really where I stand this. I do massively appreciate people who just want to help you know it, it is one of the most uh, humane instincts that, that that we have is as soon as something bad happens like what we're going through at the moment you want to go out there and help and i get that and i appreciate it but some of the efforts of help are so bizarre <laughs> so weird so um a, doc- a doctor that i know who shall remain na- nameless so that she got a um a phone call from someone and it's a restaurateur who had raised some money in order to feed the staff of staff of, of of the NHS. Now, the first thing I'd like to point out is I don't think that the NHS staff suffer really from lack of calories. I don't think you know that they're, they're going to work starving. It's not one of those things like it, it's not like helping the homeless. It's it, it's a bit of a different thing. But then when I heard what they had planned, they planned to bring their catering staff into the hospital to cook for the staff, which again sounds lovely. But if it's an emergency and all your ventilators are used and you've got an overflow, I mean, it's like sending a buffet to the lads fighting the Battle of Britain. It's just completely impractical. <laughs> well, I, I know that Claire has said basically every single day, various different um, restaurants and takeaways are just sending food to the hospital. So there's like piles of Domino pizzas and <laughs> donuts and kebabs, curries arriving halfway through the shift. 
Which I mean, is it? They're incredibly grateful for it all, and and it is all is genuinely getting eaten and appreciated, and it is helping. But it's quite remarkable the way that people are helping out. Yeah, it's. it's I think the I think the sentiment is remarkable. I I, I certainly yeah. think that. I think so, it's so misguided. Yeah, the the sentiment is incredible, and we we've seen it in this crisis. And I, I'll always remember. So I, I was doing um, a governor rule at. Um, um cmft um a foundation trust nhs foundation trust in manchester when the manchester bombings happened and the basically too many doctors and nurses and um healthcare workers turned up to offer their services so that so many people who were retired not working off shift um all just wanted to help out it was it was similar it, it different it not not medical as such but I, do you remember when there were the riots in what well, 2010 was that yeah yeah, yeah there, there were the riots and then it were like thousands of people turned up and Matt, we, we, I'm talking Manchester but it was the same everywhere turned up with brooms in the city centre and had to be told no you need to go home there's there's nothing for you to do there's nothing for you to sweep yeah <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah I think what... I love the attitude yeah. Yeah, I really hate the I love MRC or MCR or whatever it was uh, bags which went around after after that, I do. I really didn't get that at all. I, I love that. Well, I also there is a little element in this, and I, I, I again, I love the sentiment of it all. And I, it, the same goes for the for the clapping and stuff. But there, there is an element where you just wonder whether some people are thinking, if I don't post this on social media, did it really happen at all? <laughs> well, that, same with Strava. If JB, <laughs> if they ban if they ban Strava, then I might never exercise outside again. Yeah, it's so one of the things which keeps me going, Strava. Yeah, it actually genuinely does. It's a nice little bit of motivation. If, someone, to... if, if, I, if I don't get some kudos, furious. <laughs> you never give out kudos, JB. You're no, very, very stingy. That. Very stingy. Right. In fact, on, on the Thursday at 8pm, JB, I think it was sort of in your direction, near your house. I heard fireworks going off. Was that you? <laughs> it, it was not me. It it was JB not me. finishing a run. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well done, Jamie. Well done, Power. Well done, Northampton Physio. And well done, everyone else in rugby. There's a lot of good stuff going on by Premiership clubs, actually. It has to be said. There's a lot yeah. of them doing some really lovely stuff. Yeah, I really, like, them. I really like the player phone-ins. I, th- I think that they're cool. I mean, it costs nothing. It's a, it's a real special thing if you get, uh, you know, specifically if you're young, getting a phone call from Faf or whoever is on the other end of, of the phone. I, I think that's a, that's a particularly cool thing to be doing. Yeah, I really like that. The the Premiership Rugby statement, um, which said they're um, extending the postponement of the season, it did list um, all the good work that, that the mm. clubs are doing. And th- there's some really, really good stuff on there. Um, like um, London Irish, as an example, um, working with Power Day, they're, giving, they're delivering a hun- more than 100,000 meals to NHS hospitals. Um, Leicester Tigers as well, um, offered up the stadium car park for free to NHS staff because it's right by uh, the general hospital. There was one club that was, was there not one club saying they wanted to get their players to deliver food to, um, to elderly fans or some such thing. Will Carling suggested that it might be an idea for people that are elderly and stuck in their home who might have rugby players that they love to watch in the past, give them a call just to check in on them. Yeah, that's cool. So one of the things that I thought about why this shouldn't happen or wouldn't work is how annoyed would you be if you were a massive, massive Kyle Sinclair fan, but you weren't allowed to go outside and talk, talk to him because he was delivering <laughs> food? Like, what a, what a missed opportunity. <laughs> you just go look at him from, from the windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've just got to know he's been at your house and you'll never get to talk to him. That'd be worse. Don't send him. <laughs> Listen, D- David Hilly has emailed us uh, contact ch- eggchasers at gmail.com and he's reminded me of something that we haven't talked about on the podcast but it's been something I've been meaning to talk about for weeks now and that is the fact that on Apple Podcasts and I think some other uh, podcast players it lists the members of the podcast oh, as yeah. Tim Cocker uh, JB Gill from the boy band JLS <laughs> and, and Phil Vickery the well either the former England and British and Irish Lion rugby player or the TV chef? TV chef. Either or. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Algorithm's gone wrong there. (laughs) 
That is quite remarkable. Who do, who do a better job? Um, JB Gill from JLS as an independent financial advisor or you busting some moves in a, in a boy band? I think a fair one, because obviously I'm a very, very good financial advisor. Um, I think the better one would be, who'd be better? JB Gill talking about rugby or me learning to sing? Yes. Or which which uh, Phil Vickery do I need to be? Because I, I, could, I could just about cook a meal i can cook beans on toast but can you make superior quality gilets uh, good, good <laughs> question uh, <laughs> i definitely wouldn't fancy scrimmaging uh in the 2009's lions tour um against beast yeah i did that love was... that third test that was a great rugby moment where phil vickery actually after two tests of being pummeled hammered hammered the beast and comes off with about 15 10 minutes to go and just shouts "boost" at the crowd. <laughs> it's a nice moment, a bit I of redemption. That. Bit of redemption. It's a lovely I, moment, actually. I really remember the the first test of Phil Vickery just he was struggling so much. Yeah, he got pumped. Was was he starting in South Africa? Yeah, yeah. Really? Mm. I, I even went to that bloody. I even went to the first two tests. I don't remember that. Were you on the strong zero though? No, no way. I think you remember. Was it an all English front row? Because it was like it was Vickery Sheridan and Lee Mears. Hang on, which one are we talking about now? Two thousand and nine. Was it not an all Welsh front row? Was it not Gethin Jenkins, Adam Jones, and someone else? Uh, just getting it up. Uh, it was so, get... so. The first test was Jenkins, Mear, Vickery. Gethin uh, Jenkins, oh, Lee Mears, Phil Vickery. Yeah. Yes. Um, the second test, Adam Adam Jones came in for for Vickery. Okay. Uh, and Andrew Sheridan was on the bench. Okay. Oh, and um, Reese came in. Matthew Reese came in as well. And then Vickery was back for the third test. Yeah, Vickery, Vickery and Sheridan started in the third test. Mm. Uh, right. Um, I got an email here from. Oh, sorry. Are you going to say something, JB? Go on. Yeah, I thought. I'd... Actually, no. I best not mention that. Go on. Uh, carry on. Okay, I've got an email here from Thomas Rofe, who's just uh, responding to last week's podcast, and he said, uh, listening to this week's episode, or last week's now, uh, I enjoyed your caffeine diatribes. Have any of you tried the latest South Korean iced coffee craze called the Dalgona coffee? He said it's simply the most refreshingly uplifting soft drink he's ever tried. Has he got shares in? (laughs) Oh, sorry, Dalonga. D-A-L-O... D-A-L-O... NGO. So I'm going to make a few statements about coffee now. Or Dalgona, Dalgona coffee. What is it? Dalgona coffee. The internet's new favourite drink. Yeah, Dalgona coffee, the internet's new favourite drink. So I found that um, in Japan the coffee was suboptimal, put it mildly, but they do love a nice coffee. So in in East Asia they love iced coffees. And so obviously I spent a little bit of time in East Asia. in the last six months, I've spent a little bit of time in East Asia. But the best place for coffee is um, Vietnam. And they their iced coffee, they use um, condensed milk. So it's, it's basically like a dessert. It's so nice. And mm. so, so what a, a Korea, this Korean coffee, what, what you do is you, you make the coffee and you, you, whisk, you whisk up the coffee so it becomes really fluffy. And then you, you put that sat on top of the milk so you drink the milk through this whipped up coffee foam ah. Ooh, there you go yeah I've, i have had similar things in east asia actually similar type things um where on... it is it is more like a dessert there's cream or condensed milk incredibly like uh creamy buttery and sugary Oof. We've got one final thing, uh, an email from Robin Hazelhurst, who's heeded our call for listeners with a bit of time on their hands and wanting to come up with a quiz. And he has, he has a very quick quiz called Romanian International Rugby Player or Infectious Disease. Ooh. <laughs> so, very, so very topical, topical. as well. <laughs> so thank you very much, Robin Hazelhurst. This is what, this is what we love. Our, our, our listeners are incredible. So if you have a bit of time on your hands and you want to come up with a game, Contact eggchasers at gmail.com. Romanian international rugby player or 
infectious disease. Number one, Florea opris. Would Florea opris be packing down at number eight or something you might might catch on a first date? <laughs> you know, I'm going I'm to struggle with this because I'm so squeamish. Even the thought of diseases or growths or... Ugh, hate it. Um, <laughs> it's a disease. Uh, Ruby player. One nil Phil. Florea yeah. Opris was a prop and flanker. Prop and flanker. Prop <laughs> what a good and line. flanker in the late 80s for Romania. Like, like you, JB. Yeah. Number two, Coxiella Bernetti. Would, would Coxiella Bernetti run over you like a baby rhinoceros or run through you like a kebab after a rugby club social? <laughs> uh, uh, go on, Jay. The surname is, makes me think player. Makes me, yeah. The surname makes me, makes me think human. The first part of it makes me think virus. So, virus. Give me, give me virus. Oh, Both correct. Me. It's a Q fever bacteria. Uh, now, Sorin Sokol. Would Sorin Sokol come flying out of the scrum or come flying out your bum? <laughs> oh, that's definitely a flanker. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a player. A lock from 2001. Yeah, easy that one. Easy. Uh, Thyrus Pubis. Would Thyrus Pubis damage you with his tackle or just damage your tackle? Don't know. Give me a player. Yeah, I'll go player. That is pubic lice. Vile. <laughs> Disgusting. Sabin, uh, Sabin Stratila. Would Sabin Stratila make you want to chunder or hoist you up and under? Very, very good work, by the way, Robin. It's very good. Thanks, <laughs> uh, uh, The player. Give me a disease. Uh, it's one all. Sabin Stratia is a fullback from 2015, oh. or two all, sorry. Uh, Aurel Barbu. Would Aurel Barbu give you problems with your ears, or, have, or would he have cauliflower ears? That's definitely, definitely a player. Player. Correct. From a capped back in 1958. Uh, Easy. Yersinia pestis would Yersinia pestis make you feel like a dying duck, or ready to or be ready to resource the ruck? Ugh, resource the ruck. That's the most disgusting thing which I've heard. Resourcing <laughs> <laughs> the ruck. Grow up. Um, it is uh, a disease. Player. JB takes the lead. Yersinia yes. pestis was, uh, I think it must be in Romanian perhaps, but the uh, 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 bubonic plague. Uh, so you've got uh, three more. Pedria Horta. Would Pedria Horta be more likely to linger in the wide channel or in a damp <laughs> face flannel? <laughs> Fair. Fair play. Uh, Pedria Horta. You dry a horse. Uh, dry a horse. Disease. Uh, player. Well, we're back square again. It's a hair and beard fungus. Uh, now we've got uh, Tania Solium. Would Tania Solium give you a viscous hacking cough or a vicious handoff? Uh, that is definitely a disease. Player. Uh, JB's in the lead now. Uh, uh, yeah. That is a, cyst a type of cysto cystocosis tapeworm. Oh. And finally, Lee Kakota. Lee Kakota, if you are one-on-one -on -one facing Lee, to Lee Kakota, do you want to catch him or it? <laughs> um, disease. Disease, just so I can win it. <laughs> you have won it, JB, because it was yeah! a play player from the late 50s. Robin Hazelhurst, outstanding effort. Good work. Thank Good work. you very on, much. Contact eggchasers at gmail.com if you've got any any thoughts or anything. That's another way you can get in touch with us. Any more for any more? Any other business? I will just say this. I, d I can't say it this week, but I suspect by next week I will have some enormous news. So I'm keeping my powder dry. Apologies to all of you people listening. I probably want to know it now, but I reckon by next, next week we'll be able to talk about something pretty, pretty big. No Monday morning meetings. Lots of Monday morning meetings. I would, I would assume. I think there'll be meetings all this week. Interesting. Mm, that is interesting. Uh, any watch tips this week, Phil? Uh, so I've been smashing Peep Show. I also last night watched for the very first time in my life Godfather. 
Really? Oh, never seen it before. It's really good, isn't it? It's all right, that film. <laughs> One of the best films of all time. Yeah. It's all right. So I, I found myself watching um, TV and uh, one film in, in particular. And I selected the TV and the film that I wanted to watch. This is God's honest truth. Based purely on the fact that I wanted to see people in bars and restaurants. <laughs> so I effectively watched a chick flick. And uh, what was the other thing that I watched? What was the film? Oh, yeah. huh? What was the film? I watched Ingrid Goes West. Just, just, just because... I've never even heard of it. Just, <laughs> just because I wanted to see pictures of California and uh, people in bars, bars and restaurants. And then I watched uh, John Favreau doing his chefing show. He's a, such a cool guy. I like him a lot. Do you? Is it? I don't know. I'm, an, I'm unsure. He's an interesting bloke because he's the one that directed all the Avengers movies, doesn't he? And he's he? he's made the yeah he, he directs all the Avengers movies, or certainly a bunch of the bigger ones, and he's um he's the guy behind that um Mandalorian thing that everyone's going nuts about with the baby Yoda in it. Don't know what it is, mate. Don't even know what the, the the, Disney Channel thing. He's um he, he's behind that, and and he you know this is a guy that he's been in films himself for years and. Uh, he was that UFC fighter in Friends. Yeah. Who was, was he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the problem with the, the cookery shows is just so much nonsense is spouted. Con- continual nonsense. But it's actually quite it's actually quite watchable. Well, I'm gonna watch Godfather Part Two. Excellent. Is there a part three as well? I don't know. I don't know. What I will say, if anyone if anyone has um Sky TV, other platforms are available bt is outstanding i would i would say it is sports coverage in particular yeah definitely uh, but if anyone has sky the, the the fight that they have a whole subgenre in their sky cinema of just five star movies oh really and, and mm. i haven't I haven't been let down with a single one of them there's been some absolute blinders on there well better than ingrid goes west <laughs> never heard of that before in my life me neither you don't need to hear it. you don't need to hear what so hear what was the premise it. like if you were looking for a film with loads of Bars and drinking and stuff. Was there loads of bars and drinking? Uh, there's a, there, there, well, there's a few good like scenes of avocado, of smashed av- avocado on, on toast. Um, lots of cafes, that kind of thing. There is, there is quite, quite quite a lot of drinking. Um, there was a premise. The premise is basically social media based and uh, basically about women being nuts. To put it to put it mildly, you should watch the trip. Because that's just two guys sat eating food in a restaurant and uh, having, your, having now, a few is drinks this, and stuff. So is this the, um, what's his name? Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon, yeah. Yeah. So the reason I don't like that is because I think it's, it's cultish. Like, I think it's one of those things you've got to watch a lot of time. You can't watch it one, on a one-off and think that's really funny. You've got to be fans of them and buy into what they're doing. Yeah, I've, I've never comment. watched it. So I think, yeah, that's probably... But the, I can't believe you've never watched it, Phil. You've You've... Probably been to most. Of the, certainly, the first season was about the UK, and I imagine you've probably been to a bunch of the restaurants they went to. Possibly. <laughs> What's that one in that? There's one in the Lake District, really, uh, where Long people stay. Yeah, they go to Long Clume. Long Clume, yeah, Long Clume is awesome. I've got to say, the gentleman to bed scene is very funny. The what scene? The gentleman to bed scene, where they recreate gentleman to bed. That is yeah. extremely funny. Yeah. Anyway, it was just dawned on me. Yeah. Just a second, it's just dawned on me this second. There's gonna be no there's gonna be no Love Island, is there? <laughs> I was I mean that's what people were hoping that our, our podcast would be resurrected and we'd fill that void for them, JB. But well, if, if if Dana White is doing UFC in a Native American uh, reserve, presumably that means there's a free, <laughs> a free private island somewhere. Exactly <laughs> right. See all they exactly. but all they, all they need is some private COVID-19 tests for all the contestants before they go in, they're fine. Yeah. It was like the German, the German contestants in Big Brother about three weeks ago were in there and didn't know what was going on. But they're probably the... That's right, yeah. They, I think they got told live on the TV what, what was going on. But, and I was just thinking... Congratulations, you're out of isolation and into worse, a worse type exactly. of... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Forget about the prize money. Just, I, I need to stay in here, thank you. But, um, yeah. but also, if someone did tell you that and you were in a game show, a reality TV show, you'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, this is total yeah, sure bullshit. Is. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, guys. 
Right, wrap it up, Tim. Let's yep. go home. I'll wrap it up. He's at Jay Beardmore on Twitter. Phil is lurking. He'll let you know when he wants to, you, wants to be found. I'm at Cocker, and we are at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Contact techchasers at gmail.com with any, any of your thoughts or ideas. Don't forget, we've got another podcast coming in your feed in the next day or so, which is about the Heineken Cup final from... 2001. 2001, Leicester Tigers versus Stade Francais. We've got a link on our Twitter account to that game. It is on YouTube. Go and watch it, and then you're ready for the next podcast coming your way. Otherwise, thank you very much for listening. Hit subscribe, tell your mates, and let the boys play. Let the boys play. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 